Leviticus chapter 10, and we're going to read responsively verses 1 through 6. Leviticus chapter 10, verses 1 through 6. We'll read these responsively. And shall we stand, please, for the reading of God's Word? And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer, and put fire therein, and put incense thereon, and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. And there went out fire from the Lord, and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said unto Aaron, This is that that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me, and before all the people I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. And Moses called Mishael and Elzaphan, the sons of Uziel, the uncle of Aaron, and said unto them, Come near, carry your brethren from before the sanctuary out of the camp. So they went near and carried them in their coats out of the camp, as Moses has said. And Moses said unto Aaron, and to Eleazar, and unto Ithamar his sons, Uncover not your heads, neither rend your clothes, lest ye die, and lest wrath come upon all the people. But let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning which the Lord hath kindled. Very uh, amazing passage, very fearful passage. Um, I want us to look back at verse 1. It says, And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer, and put fire thereon, and put incense thereon, and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. Uh, the things which were written aforehand were written for our learning. We need to know this. We need to know the doctrine. We need to know the history of what took place. And we need to know the principle uh, of how this applies in New Testament Christianity. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray that you'd bless uh, the preaching of thy word. We as thy people, uh, priests, a peculiar people, a royal priesthood, help us to understand the ministry and the tabernacle, the pattern of the true temple in heaven and the ministry of the saints. Make us aware of it. For some of us, we pray that you'd give us a burden to be effective in the priesthood, understanding that when the veil rent from the top to the bottom, when Christ said it is finished, the way into the holy place was made available for all, but we cannot bring strange fire. Give us wisdom. Pray for revival. Pray for a new goal and a burden to get the fire on the altar and be faithful ministers of the gospel and in the priesthood of the New Testament church. Help us to see how the principle applies. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. They offered strange fire uh, before the Lord. The Bible tells us in Revelation 1-6 that God hath made us kings and priests unto himself. So we are actually a kingdom of priests, 
individual believers in the body of Christ that minister unto the Lord the things of the Lord. And this is so important because most professing Christians are living a powerless life. A powerless life. They don't have the fire from heaven. They don't have the fire from God. The Bible tells us that the sons of Aaron, these two men, Nadab and Abihu, after the seven days of consecration, and that means to go through the process to be an empty hand, the empty hand to be used of the Lord, on their first day of service, this is mind-boggling, the very first day of their service in the Levitical priesthood, they violate this principle which causes God to be so angry a fire comes out from the Lord and consumes them. It burns them, but not their coats. This is a miraculous burning, as all the power of God is. Kills them with fire, does not burn their coats of the priesthood. And so we need to really ask ourselves, what did they do that was so wrong Surely we do not want to do the same things. So we need to study this. If we think about the tabernacle, so you had the outer court, you had the court of the women, you had the court of the Gentiles beyond that, you had the holy uh, place that God protected in the circumference of the tabernacle. And then when you went into this courtyard, you had the brazen laver, and the burnt altar. And so what the priests would do, they would first go to the brazen altar, and it was polished brass like a mirror, and it had water in it. They would look at themselves. They would wash, ceremonially cleansing their sin, confessing their sin, and uh, so that they could minister in the priesthood, and then they would go back to this brazen altar, and it had four horns, a horn on each corner. And this is where the animals were sacrificed, and the flesh was burnt. But the significant thing about this is that God lit that fire on the altar, and it was to never go out. This fire came from heaven. This fire came from God, and this fire came from the third heaven in the very presence of Almighty God. And so as they were ministering in this animal sacrifices, which were what? A shadow of things to come. A picture of the one perfect sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, who died unto sin once, but ever liveth to make intercession for us. They were to always take the fire off of this brazen altar where the sacrifice of the animals was made. It could never go out. And all of the ministry in the rest of the priesthood, the fire had to originate on the brazen altar. What does that mean? Had to come from God. Had to come from heaven. So 
Remember what John the Baptist said. He said, I'm not worthy to unlatch uh, Jesus' shoe. But there's one coming. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And what did he say? He, he said, I baptize you with water, a baptism under repentance. He said, he's going to baptize you with what? The Holy Ghost and with fire. Now, if you're saved, you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This sounds charismatic. Yes, uh, the Lord's going to baptize with the Holy Ghost. It's quiet in here. <laughs> if you're saved, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You have been indwelt by the Spirit. You've been baptized, according to Ephesians 4, with the one Spirit baptism into the body of Christ. You are in Him, so therefore you died with Him. Your old man was crucified with Him. You were buried with Him. You raised to walk in newness of life with Him, according to Romans 6. But where's the fire? Where is the power of God to minister in the priesthood. So notice, there's three heavens. We are created in the image of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We have a body, a soul, and a spirit, according to 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. And each of these relates to one of the heavens, so natural man is limited to the first heaven with the body of flesh. Once you get saved and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, now you can intercede and go to God and make your requests made known unto Him. But there's this limitation, if you will, to the second heaven because the devil is the prince of the power of the air. And he's trying to keep our prayers from being answered. There's all kinds of spiritual warfare going on up there. We need to somehow have the baptism of fire to take that fire of the altar and get it to the throne room of God so we can do like, remember what they said in the Old Testament, call down fire from heaven. Remember, Elijah did that on the prophets of Baal. Remember when the disciples said, you know, they don't, they don't want to follow us. Let's do what Elijah did. Let's call down fire. Now, Jesus said, you know not what manner of spirit you're of. Christ is the spirit of love, compassion, the Lamb of God, forgiveness, reconciliation, rent, ransom, redemption to bring us back unto God through His sacrifice. But there's a principle of fire. Our God is a consuming fire. There's, we need to get that fire, just like the priest would take that fire off the altar, what? Of sacrifice. Go into the holy place. There was the table of showbread. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. The only thing that illuminated the table of showbread was the golden candlestick. The fuel was olive oil, which we know is a type of the Holy Spirit. 
and minister. And just before that veil, there was the altar of incense. And the Bible tells us that that fire that lit the incense, which is the prayers of the saints, which ascends up to the throne room of Almighty God, had to originate at the altar of, of sacrifice, the brazen altar. Then what would happen? One day a year on the 10th day of the seventh month, the day of atonement, the high priest alone would go in. And it says in Leviticus 16 that there had to be such a thick haze of smoke from the altar of incense so that God's glory actually to protect the high priest from the power of God as he offered the blood on the mercy seat on the Ark of the Covenant to cleanse the holy place in the sense of the ministry of the tabernacle on earth so that in the Levitical priesthood they could minister in the things of God, go to God for man, to man for God. And so now we know Jesus Christ, there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. But if we want to get our prayers answered, we got to have more sacrifice on that brazen altar and more fire from heaven to minister in the Word of God as we move in the power of the Holy Spirit, the table of showbread and the golden candlestick, to offer up in spiritual warfare and power as we pray for the power of the Holy Spirit, our families, our walk with God as ministers of the gospel of Christ, the kingdom of heaven. We got to have fire. And you know, so often, you see a lot of people, hey, that guy's on fire. Yeah, what kind of fire? It's kind of scary. You know how many people get on fire and burn out? You know how many used-to-be's and has-beens there are? Or a lot of people who have fire, but it's some type of imitation. Doesn't seem right. There's, there's something not ringing true, as the old preachers used to say. There, what is going on? We need the fire of God to get to the Holy of Holies. And we're already there. If you are saved, you are seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father, blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. So we're already seated in the third heaven, which is what? The third heaven is the holy of holies. This is our spirit part of man. You have the soul part of man. You have the flesh part of man. And when you look at this typology, a shadow of things to come, the perfect one sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, but the ministry of the true priests of God, the royal priesthood. How are we going to get our prayers before the throne room of God to where we have a breakthrough that the veil is so thin we can, you know, the Bible says God is not far from us. Paul preached in Acts 17. If you feel after him, God's right here. 
by the way. Heaven is right here. It's a mystery. We're in the first earth. I mean, the first heaven. We're trying to break through the second heaven to get to the third heaven. If God would just open a window of heaven, you know, I think about it all the time. He'd pour us out a blessing, which we're not able to contain it. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And a lot of the old Jewish teachers would say that Jesus was preaching to these Pharisees. They knew exactly what he was telling them. The way through the outer court, the truth was in the holy place, and the, the, uh, the life was getting into the holy of holies. And he made the way available for all. But why is there so little power? Why is there so little conviction? Why is there so little enlightenment? Why, you know, why can't we call down, and I'm not talking about destructive evil, uh, like Elijah called down fire from heaven. We need God to, to move mightily. He shall baptize you with what? Holy Ghost and with fire. And I realize this also relates to our works being tried by fire at the judgment seat of Christ. So what did they do that was so wrong? The, the sons of Aaron, Nadab and Abihu. Well, we know, first of all, they had the wrong fire. It originated in the wrong place. They took it upon themselves, will worship, some form of idolatrous false spirit religion to get a fire that did not originate on the brazen altar with a God commanded sacrifice that had a God-given origin of the fire. And it's in Leviticus 6, and it's also in Leviticus 16, that God had to light the fire, and the fire could never go out once God lit it. Now, they also did this at the wrong time. I mean, they did everything wrong. So it had to be only at morning and evening sacrifice according to Exodus 30, 7 and 8. So they had the wrong origin of a fire. They had the wrong time to minister with the fire. And they apparently had the wrong motive because they were not giving God the glory. They took it upon themselves. You know, how many people want to serve God but not God's way? How many people really want to see something happen, but they really not necessarily, they don't want to follow what the Bible tells them they have to do to see these things happen? And I've always called them a self-styled expert. They freelance. They go off on their own. They start like parachurch types of things. Um, and, and not just that, but wrong ideas. They get philosophies that are unscriptural. And they yield to spirits that are not uh, from God. And in some way, they attempt to do the work of God, but not with the scriptural power of God. 
We know also it's pretty apparent that they were drinking, they were drunk when they were doing this. This is hard to believe. In Leviticus chapter 10, verse 8, the strong drink by the priest is outlawed in that next verse when it's talking about the priesthood. They were violating all these things and they were unclean before the Lord. And apparently they attempted to enter the Holy of Holies, which was prohibited only the high priest one day a year could go in there and atone for the sin of the people. And who is the high priest? Jesus Christ, the, our high priest, offered himself on the altar, on the cross. He was taking it without the camp, the Bible says, as our burnt offering and our sin offering, and ministered and then took his very blood to the throne room of God in the Holy of Holies in heaven. That's why he told Mary, touch me not, I've not yet ascended to my Father in heaven. And sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat, sat down on the right hand of the Father, and he ever liveth to make intercession for us. Amen. He is our advocate. Now, here's some scary things, which a lot of people don't think about. What does it say in Revelation? How did they defeat the great red dragon? They overcame him by three things. The word of their testimony, they love not their lives uh, uh, unto death. And I'm thinking, what's the other one? My mind just went break because I'm going to my message. Uh, but they, uh, uh, oh, oh, through the blood of the lamb. I'm sorry, I should. Yes, so follow me. The word testimony, we think it's only witness. And it is witness. You know, I, I want to give a witness. Let me go out and witness. What did Jesus say in Acts 1-8? Tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high, and you'll be what? Witnesses unto who? Witnesses unto me. Unto him. Now, when you think about the word Satan, the word means adversary. Not just the one who opposes what God wants to do. Not just the one who wants to stop the will of God from get, uh, becoming reality on, in the first heaven. He is literally the accuser of the brethren. He sets the trap, tempts us. If we yield to the temptation, sin against God, in the throne room of God, he still has access as the prosecuting attorney, and he prosecutes us before God with all the evidence, all of the witnesses, and he says they are guilty, They're, they should be under condemnation as the, the greatest prosecuting attorney that's ever lived. Now you think about it, there's been some good ones. You know, they couldn't touch the prosecution of the adversary of Satan. And he's prosecuting us. Now, who is our defense attorney? The Lord Jesus Christ, right? He pleads our case. He defends us with his life, his blood, his death, his burial, his resurrection. We stand justified just as if we'd never sinned, and we have imputed righteousness. Now, what most people overlook here, the way you overcome the adversary is with your testimony. 
And not just telling people what God's done for you, though that's very important. Don't ever forget that. Remember when Paul was brought before the Roman leaders, he'd always say, well, let me just tell you what happened. I was, I was a persecutor of the church. I was getting legal documents. I was having Christians put to death. I was on the road to Damascus. This bright light shined and blinded me. And, and God said, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And you can't argue with what God did for me. This is my testimony. I don't care what you think. This happened. Now, if you ever get in trouble, give your testimony. You know, I think it'd be a great way of soul winning too. preach the gospel and then say, look, this is my, what God did for me. Now, but the, it means more than that. It means in the courtroom of God, testify. And, and it's amazing when you study the depth of this, it actually means to accuse the accuser. Take up for yourself in the throne room of God that the devil is the evil one. The devil is the most e evil prosecutor. He's the one who deserves everything that he's accusing you of. And that's why Romans 2 says, if you, that's why judge not that you be not judged, because when you judge, God's trying to remind you you're guilty of the same thing. Don't sit on the throne and be, or be the judge. Walk humbly with your God. Forgive them. Do good unto them. God will heap coals of fire on their head. But what does it mean? Testify before the throne of God in the courtroom of God that you're a, a saint, not a sinner. You're washed in the blood. You overcame the accuser by what? The blood of the Lamb. That, that Jesus Christ's blood was shed for you. God loves you. He fulfilled all the prophecies for you. And we can get our presence of our spirit practically into the positional place before the throne room of God. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. You know, too often we come to God in prayer and we forget to give our testimony. That's what it means, pray in Jesus' name. It doesn't mean just type, you know, tack on to the end, here's what I want, you know, I, I want a new car and a blizzard from Dairy Queen. And... Uh, you know, I would really like a, a new air conditioning system. Oh, in Jesus' name. Oh, and, and, and you know, it's not a magic formula. And that, that's why you say, well, how could it be where he said, teach us to pray the disciples, pray to the Father, in the name of the Son, in the power of the Holy Spirit. But then it says like over, I think it's in John 15, if you ask anything in my name, I will give it to you. Well, how come we're asking all these things in his name and we don't get it? God's not a liar. So actually, obviously, we're misinterpreting the promise. And what is the name? It is the testimony. 
your testimony that you are washed in the blood and you come to the throne. Why? Because you are a royal priest. You took the fire from the brazen altar that God gave you the fire and God sent his son to die for you. And you ministered in the holy place with the table of showbread and the golden candlestick. <clears throat> And you took that fire of sacrifice of Christ and you offered up sweet smelling incense of your prayers in the name of Jesus, giving your testimony before the throne of God. And you enter in to the full spirit presence of God in the holy of holies and you can call down fire. And it, well, it's scary. They got smoked. You know, watch out if somebody's a blowhard and they don't know their doctrine. Where did you get this? You know, I, where did you get this? Where is this originating? It's not in the Bible I've read. It's not sound doctrine. You're taking a verse out of context. You're not dispensationally rightly dividing the word of truth. Where does this fire originate? Look what they did. Wrong fire, not from God. Wrong time. Wrong motive. Wrong way. But they were a priest of God. What a sad thing. Now, they started wrong. They ended wrong. Here's what I want to emphasize. You better start right in your spiritual walk with God. You better do things from the point of origin and proceed, and or you're not going to finish right. It's a fearful, that's why I say it is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. Our God is a consuming fire. Now, you think about this. Well, people say, well, wait a minute, God is love. 1 John 4, 8, yes, He is. God is love. And you cannot truly love unless it's God in you loving, and no one can truly love you unless it's God in them loving. But that's not the main attribute of God. What is it? Holiness. What are the, so you got one love, right? God is love. And it is the love of God which passeth all understanding, the length, the breadth, the height, and the depth of the knowledge of God but how many holies are there? Three. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And three holies is more important than one love. How are we going to get into the presence of God with the fire of God? Where are you going to get the fire of God by the sacrifice of his son. How are you going to move forward with the word of God and the golden candlestick, the Holy Spirit filling you and showing the truth of the, the word, enlightening the word in you? And then do what? Praying. How? Not just empty, not selfish prayers of vanity. That's why, what did James say? We ask amiss. Why? that we may consume it upon our lust. Now, who could go into the Holy of Holies? The high priest. Who is our high priest? Jesus Christ. When you get the fire of God, you're going to start praying for the same thing Jesus would pray for. 
See, that's, we got our priorities wrong. We're not spiritual. We are trying almost to use God as, and to manipulate him to get what we think we need from him. That's not the priesthood. Now, I want you to think about it. Why did that horn, why did it have four horns on the corner? Because that animal had to be tied down. Romans 12, 1, 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, present your what? Bodies as a living sacrifice. Tie it up. You know what's keeping us from there? It's the flesh in the first heaven below. We cater to the flesh. We yield to the flesh. We walk after the flesh. We make decisions based on the flesh. We live basically in the power of the flesh, which is not supernatural. It's a natural life. How are we going to get in there to get our prayers answered? We got to start at the right place. What is it? Sacrifice. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Just like the Lord Jesus Christ said, this is my body which is broken and given for you. On the brazen altar, if we want to get the fire, we're going to have to get it in the right place, and it's at the altar of sacrifice. How many people, sad to say, have a fire didn't come from God? You know, and, and, and I'm almost through, but think about exhilaration, um, excitement, tingly, a good, you know, I'm really feeling it. I'm really feeling it. Yeah, uh, yeah where did that come from? Because feelings come and go. It's cyclical. What goes up must come down. What goes down must go. Everything's in a cycle. God's looking for somebody to be a priest of the Most High God. And we get it all wrong. You know, we think it's just serving people. And that's true. You ought to serve people. Helping. And that's true. We ought to help. But he said, you'll be what? Witnesses unto who? Me. Where's that? In the court of the third heaven. When is the last time we went up there through prayer, starting with the fire of the altar, and said, Father, I come before your throne into the, the throne room and the court of the Holy of Holies, the Almighty God. And the only reason I'm here is I have this testimony. I don't deserve it within myself, but I come by the blood of the Lamb and I give my testimony of how you died for me and saved my life. And this accuser is trying to stop everything you're doing in my life and my family. And he's the one who ought to be prosecuted. Now, when you do this, don't get the big head. Uh, only God. Remember, Michael the, Michael the archangel said, the Lord rebuked thee. This has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with him. He's looking for somebody to be a faithful priest. A faithful priest. They carried them out in their coats. How could a God of love burn up the priest on the first day of the Levitical priesthood? 
because they offered strange fire. Strange fire. I ask you this morning, where does your fire originate? Now, it's very simple. At the old rugged cross. You got to go back. And see, what happens is we know that this is where it all began, but we forget the same cross that got you saved is the same cross that we live by. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. We forget the sacrifice of Christ, and we forget the flesh is the problem. All God, all man, yet without sin, this is my body, which is given for you. Where? At the brazen altar, the cross. This is my blood, which is shed for you. Where is that? On the cross, but he took it as the high priest in the Holy of Holies. He sprinkled it. That blood right now is in the third heaven in the throne room of God, and Jesus Christ is pleading our case. And there's an adversary trying to stop what he wants to do in your life, and you got to give the word of your testimony. Uh, it's nothing to be proud about. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. May we understand the priesthood. And if you have any questions, feel free to ask. We are a royal priesthood. Amen. All right, let's pray. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I want us to think about what was said.